I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burr, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. HD you are listening to a Live Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. About four months ago, just during the early days of COVID-19, many experts speculated that the venture-backed startup universe might halt or even dry up. There was increasing commentary and even several media articles headlining that the great unwinding of the tech boom had begun. Fast forward to midsummer, and the conversation in the technology hubs has entirely changed. The pandemic has had a meaningful impact on the life of startups, but not always in expected ways. Some industries have thrived, even accelerated, while others now face secular declines with structural transformations ahead. But overall, the net effect of COVID has really been to accelerate the disruptive role of technology across industries. In the latest dispatch of Mint Startup Diaries, we bring to you the investor's perspective decoding the impact. We get into a conversation with Dave Kare at Lightspeed Venture Partners, whose portfolio includes Oyo, Uran, Baidu's, ShareChart, and Yellow Messenger, to name a few. Listen in. Thank you, Shrija. Great to be on the show. When Sequoia Sitov came up with this note, you know, at the beginning of when we were in March, when the pandemic conversation really became mainstream and relabeled as the black swan of 2020, one would want to understand from meaningful investors like you have seen various cycles that what really was the conversation perhaps with you or your LPs give some color there. And where we are right now in July, which really looks like in the middle of, you know, the opening of the lockdown. How have the conversations changed since then? What has been Lightspeed's approach to pandemic, so, so to say? Have you guys been on the sidelines, the conversation with the startups? And what really have been learnings, you know, three or key four learnings from that perspective? Yeah, Shuja, I think um, in March, sort of before the lockdown started, um, we'd already been hearing about some of these, um, some of the impact of the virus um, in, in other countries, obviously China and other places. Um, but nothing had prepared us for the uh, impact of that in India and what the Indian government would do with respect to the lockdowns and the impact that would have on the economy and the startup economy included. Um, so when sort of March 23rd or 24th, whenever that uh, first uh, Sunday was of the lockdown uh, happened, I think we all got quite concerned um, and our immediate reaction was to think about our portfolio of companies which span here like speed all the way from consumer targeted companies in e-commerce and media and um, and entertainment and other such areas and also B2B companies uh, that do sort of B2B commerce, B2B software, SME software and so on. 
So we started thinking about the impact on them. And our first instinct was to start working with our founders to extend the runway um, so that they'd have, you know, 18 to 24 months of capital to sort of weather the downturn from um, from COVID. Um, and also to then think about how to aggressively expand because every downturn is also an opportunity in a sense. Um, and we were also just obviously very concerned about what was going on in um, the lives of uh, ordinary Indians everywhere, including ourselves um, and everybody you know across India. And so a bunch of us investors and uh, founders got together to start this Action COVID-19 team, ACT, which where we funded a bunch of, uh, we've granted capital to a bunch of uh, companies to go fight COVID, PPE production and all that sort of stuff. So that was all in that late March, early April uh, timeframe. How it's turned out now, uh, Shuja, is that, you know, like I said before, it's, it's, a, it's a tale of two cities. There is a set of companies and sectors that were very offline oriented um, that obviously had to slow down um, during the lockdowns and are now picking back up. I think most severely hit were things like uh, travel and hospitality. They're also now picking up. Um, some will take longer to pick up, some shorter, but I think life will you know, reemerge over the next few quarters. Um, and then on the other side, you've got a set of companies, both on the consumer and the B2B side, which um, saw a lift. And, you know, we've been hearing about this in the media quite a bit. You know, online education is an example where, you know, all of us parents, I've got two kids. Um, and that was the time when some school was still going on, um, that they just had to sit at home and take classes online. Um, we had the privilege of them being able to do that. And they really enjoyed it. And they got to see a lot more online education than we'd ever have thought. Um, they started things like online coding classes and, uh, you know, just obviously online classes with their school and so on. And I've heard that from parents around India. A lot of startups even in the interim have approached us and talked about how this completely changed their go-to-market from being offline oriented to being 100% online. So online education has really benefited a lot of e-commerce has now benefited as more and more people have started ordering for delivery at home. Um, and then on the B2B side, there's a bunch of software companies which enable productivity, remote work, collaboration online. I think those have all benefited as well. So um, it's almost like en masse society moved onto the internet. I'm sure we added like 100 million plus solid internet users in India in the last three months. I mean, these are people who may have been on the internet, but have not really started using it for their everyday needs. So that sort of really means like a golden run for the VC ecosystem, right? 100 million users added to the internet. Like thorough of opportunities really opened up. It is, um, but obviously there's still concerns and, and obviously there's real impact on the country there's a health crisis going on. There's an economic crisis going on. There's various geopolitical crises going on. So the world is in a, uh, you know, pretty negative place right now, I'd say. But yeah, opportunities have opened up. Um, you know, golden run is, I, I, I just never like that term because it's not like stuff happens in a month or even a year. 
you know, our average investment period in a company is eight years, right? It's, this is, there's no overnight success. All startups that are called overnight successes spent, you know, five or 10 years making it happen. And that's not even counting the 99% of startups that didn't make it. So there's a lot of struggle that goes on under the surface here. Um, and, uh, you know, it will be, I think, a great market for companies to accelerate into coming out of uh, this COVID impact. Um, and I think some of these founders we're seeing in India, they took very pragmatic steps to cut um, their burn and make themselves sort of last longer as companies. And now they're seeing sort of a lot of lift and they're accelerating into that. And not necessarily by spending more, but just by building great products, by targeting the right markets, by going after gaps, by building stuff that is unique to India, solving Indian problems, um, by starting in India as their base and now accelerating abroad. All of this is happening, you know, and, 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 and I think now I'd say is I feel we here at Lightspeed, we are more busy than we were in early March before the lockdown started. So there's a lot going on. It's very exciting. Wow. Uh, it's interesting that you mentioned that, you know, the world is in a pretty negative place right now. And you also alluded to the fact that we have geopolitical concerns. And that sort of brings me to my next question that, uh, you know, there is uh, what is really happening at the border with India and China and uh, the government's unprecedented move of sort of banning the Chinese apps. Uh, there is kind of commentary coming from experts that, you know, while it sort of really opens up a huge opportunity set for a lot of Indian homegrown startups, uh, there's also some negative commentary saying that perhaps competition should be fair and built on fair grounds. And then there's also the deafening silence of the government on the press note too, really, which was, uh, you know, about Chinese investment coming into India. One doesn't really notice. It seems to have become the euphemism increasingly for what's really happening on the border. I want to understand from you that uh, not really commenting on India as a sovereign entity on what really their move has been, but what do you think would be the impact on Indian startups? And, uh, do you think that money coming in from China really would be perhaps labeled as a bad word, you know, going forward? One would be really sort of very cautious of taking money from that region, even from a grandfathered VC way or money coming directly into investments in India. I can comment on the um, impact on our companies and our portfolio um, and sort of their uh going forward thinking on capital raising. Um, so in our portfolio, we've got companies like um, ShareChat, which is the leading communities uh, or groups, social product in India. Um, and then um, they've also got a property called Moj, which is uh, the leading short video product in India currently. And uh, then we've got Rio TV, which is a live streaming for games uh, company. And then we've got Pocket FM, which is an audio uh, content product. So all of these are in this content and media space, which um, which was uh, which uh, which is seeing a lot of activity these days. And I'd say on the on, on that side, the impact has been positive. I think there's there's a you know by by some count two hundred million plus people who are looking for new products over the last week or ten days. 
Um, and they're experimenting with all sorts of products out there. The nice thing is that there are products out there for them to look at. Um, and there's lots to choose from, whether it's products from India, products from the US, products from other parts of the world. Um, so, I mean, to be clear, I believe in open markets and free markets. Um, and I don't believe in, uh, in, in sort of necessarily putting up barriers. Uh, we're just reacting to the situation as it exists. And these companies are reacting to that. And, you know, ShareChat, um, I think they put out a tweet the other day. They're growing very nicely, millions and millions of downloads uh, over the last few days. Um, and they've won the market on the communities and group side. Pocket FM is surging, Rio TV is surging, and other products in the market are surging. So that's uh, that's the good news. Um, I think on the fundraising side, you know, the nice thing that happened, Shreja, over the last five years, six years, post the 2016 sort of uh, geo Aadhaar, GST sort of explosion that happened and, and where, the, where the Indian economy really got going in India is that investors from all over the world have been have been um, investing in India, growth investors and early stage. Um, we've got a lot of strategics coming in from the US and China and South Africa with NASPERS and Europe and lots of other places. So there actually is a ton of interest in India. I don't think it is reliant on one country or the other. Um, so I think we'll be fine. I think our, our startups just have to adjust and, and look, the nice thing is there's a lot of capital available in the world today, right? And it's looking for returns. Interest rates are at all time lows. This capital is looking for returns and there's plenty of capital available. One of our companies, uh, by Jews, uh, which we invested in, in early 2016, um, has been doing really well, has been in the news. Um, you know, there's capital available for companies that are doing well and are market leaders. Another one of in our portfolio is called Odan, which is a B2B marketplace where we were the first investors. They're doing tremendously well coming out of uh, COVID. Um, another one of our companies, uh, Yellow Messenger, which is a um, chatbot platform or conversational AI platform. Actually, their business accelerated during covid because a lot more businesses that were offline wanted to now interact with their customers online and help the customers buy from them online. And the and Yellow enables people to interact with uh, internet businesses through chat, through their WhatsApp, through web bots, through voice bots and so on. And that business sort of went sharply up. So there's plenty of capital available for those sorts of companies. There have been challenges for some companies where, like I said, they had offline um, sort of uh, dependency, but even those are coming back now as the economy is opened up. I mean, I go out here in Delhi, drive out. I mean, there's there is commercial activity going on, not as much as in let's say February or early March, but there's plenty going on. This was a Live Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast. I'm Annie Apple and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, 
Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.